Hey, Tom, you're our sales pro. Tell us about your podcast. Do you have many boomers that are that are rebels? Believe it or not, one of my one of my first clients was a boomer. Bert, I want you to turn me into a rebel today. I'm a Philly girl. I listen to Rocky, and I'm going up those stairs, man, and I could do anything. And I came back from corporate, and I sat at the desk, and I actually had to do sales, and I was mortified. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us today for OK Bloomer, Teach Me Sales. I'm Kelly Bloomer. And I'm Tom Bloomer. OK, Tom, you're our sales pro. In 30 words or less, can you tell us about this podcast? I'm going to try. You know, us salespeople like to talk, Kelly. You sure do. All right, 30 words or less. Can you do it? Well, if you're a sales pro and you're looking to grow in your sales career, if you like good, lively sales discussion, I think this is going to be a show for you. I've walked your walk for over 30 years in sales. I've knocked on the doors and overcome the same obstacles I think you may be facing as a seller, a sales manager, and as a VP of sales. I currently help assess, build, and train high-performing media sales teams. Welcome. Yeah, you really went over 30 words. Okay, Tom, who's the boomer we're talking to today? Kel, today we have one of my favorite all-time authors, David Cottrell. Okay. He's, he's written books that I've talked about in book clubs. Um, he's inspired me. And, you know, we're going to talk about his newest book, which is Quit Drifting, Lift the Fog, and Get Lucky. And, and I can't tell you how much I'm enjoying that book. I'm reading it right now. Catchy title. It is, right? And yeah. it makes you think. And, you know, the first book of his I read was Monday Morning Leadership. Okay. Um, I had a, a person I was working closely with that we were doing a book club. And she said, you've got to read this book. And, and I couldn't put it down. I, I really enjoy it. It's probably one of the favorite book clubs that, that I've ever done. I've read and used Monday Morning Choices. It talks about all the key things, the foundations, the, the investments, all the choices we make every day that really are critical to who we are and, and what kind of success we're going to be. And I got to tell you, of all the tapings we've done so far, the show, I think this was the one I was most inspired by. So the books are great, right? but talking to David, I can see why he's such a powerful speaker. I was inspired just, just going through and doing the taping. Very nice. That sounds exciting. It is. And you know, one thing I've been, I've been wanting to ask you about mm. one of his chapters in his new book is called be great in small things. Okay. And, and it's so powerful and it's something I really believe in, you know, anything that's top of mind, can you think of something that a, a business or a person has done that to them may have seemed small, but really meant a lot to you? Well, recently we had to put the dogs in the kennel. Yeah. And our one dog is having a knee problem, his ACL. And they just sent us a ton of pictures letting us know that he was okay, that he wasn't limping, he wasn't hurting. They gave me a quick phone call just to let me know that things were going great and he was happy and how they were taking care of him. And they gave him, a, it just seemed like they gave him a little bit of special attention saying, well, oh, I thought that we thought he looked a little off today. So we had him go rest and then we brought him back out. But they just gave that extra care and getting that phone call and all those pictures just made me feel so much better because we were so far away. We couldn't go mm -hmm. pick him up if he was hurting. Yeah. And, you know, anyone who has dogs mm -hmm. or, or any pets that they really care about 
understands that feeling. Yeah. You know, when you have to leave them for a little bit, you know, whenever we go on vacation and we have to do that, we like to go away. Right. But but you always your your heart's a little bit wondering how they're doing. And boy, those small things they do. Mm -hmm. It means a lot, right? It's yeah, going to make it your vacation that much more enjoyable. A peace of mind that you didn't think was going to come. And, you know, it's interesting that you bring up that particular place, um, uh, Canine um, Kennel Pet Resort here right. in uh, Apex, North Carolina. Yeah. How many times have you told me that, you know, they make you feel like your dogs are the most important dogs in the world? They make me feel like they're the only ones that they like. I mean, I know they like and care and love all the other dogs, but you would never have guessed it when you walk in, how they greet the dogs, how they love on the dogs, how they just give all the dogs a, attention. You would just think that my dog's the best. <laughs> I, I don't know if they've read David Cottrell's book, but <laughs> but if they haven't, they, they already get the point right. because, you know, so many people, they do the little things mm -hmm. that inspire and they maybe never know exactly how it makes us feel but it's, it's big in so many ways. And I think our listeners are going to really enjoy it. Uh, David gives us a few backstories on some okay. of his books, which are a lot of fun. We talk about mentorship. We talk about leadership. It's, it's a really inspiring episode, and I hope everybody enjoys it today. Let's listen. We're going to jump right in. Listeners, we're really excited today. We are joined by David Cottrell. David is the president of the Cornerstone Leadership Institute. He's a speaker. He's an author. David, you have over 25 books out there on business and inspiration. Um, I've led a few book clubs using your books as, as great learning devices, and, and we're really looking forward to talking to you today. David, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much, Tom. I, I'm honored to be here. I'm honored to hear that you've used some of my work somewhere in the past, and congratulations to you on your new book, and I wish it the very best. It's been a pleasure, and it, it's perfect segue for my first question for you. So, um, how did you get started as a writer? What inspired you to to want to begin writing? That's a pretty interesting question, Tom. I mean, everybody gets there through a different route. My route was uh, after graduating from college, I started to work for Xerox as a sales rep. I went from a sales rep to a sales manager to a sales planning manager, just going up the normal corporate ladder there. And then I left there to go to FedEx, and I was there for 10 years as well, 10 years for Xerox, 10 years for FedEx. And I worked my way through there, and then I started my own business. Uh, after turning around a Chapter 11 company for three years, I started my own business. And I was going to be a consultant. I was going to be this, this demand person that everybody would want to hear what I had to say, but nobody knew me and nobody really cared, you know, what I had to say because of, of that, they didn't know me. Mm -hmm. And so a buddy of mine says, look, you need to talk to this guy. Uh, his name is, uh, gosh, I lost his name all of a sudden, but I can't even remember his name now, but he says, you call him in Phoenix and, and he he's been to where you are and he might provide you some inspiration on where to get to where you're going. So I called him up and I said, look, you know, uh, his, his name was Butts. Uh, Rick Butts was his name. Okay. I said, look, Rick, I said, you've been where I'm trying to go. Tell me how to get there. And he said, well, he says, first thing you've got to do, if you're going to be a, a consultant, you got to have a book. And I said, well, I don't have a book. And he said, well, I didn't either. I said, well, what'd you write about? And he says, I wrote about the safari adventure. 
And I said, well, what is that? And he said, well, the Safari Adventures, this book on problem solving, which was his niche in the consulting market. And he told me that he, he wrote the book about these people and how they made it through that safari. So I was mowing the yard that night. And I thought, gosh, you know, I don't have a safari adventure. I don't know anything about writing and all this stuff, all this, all these negative thoughts I was giving myself. And then I turned it around and said, what do I know something about? And um, what I discovered was I knew a lot about leadership, which I knew because uh, I had studied it all my life. And I knew a lot about golf because that was my passion. Uh, and so I wrote this book called Birdies, Pars, and Bogeys, Leadership Lessons from the Links. And without making the story go any longer, I was very blessed with what happened on that. I was lucky with what happened. It led me to my next one, which is Listen Up Leader, which led me to my next one, which was Leadership Biblically Speaking, which would take the 12 principles that I was teaching and, and uh, verify them by what was in the Bible and make sure that it was solid. I wrote it basically for myself, but it did pretty well. So anyway, one thing led to another. And, and then through the years, you know, I'm noted more now for my uh, writing than anything else I've ever done in my life. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting you mentioned that, you know, you weren't sure in the beginning you had those doubts, you know, is this oh, something yeah. I can even do? And I've had people say that, you know, everyone has a book in them. Mm -hmm. You just need to sit down and, and basically tell that story. And, and, you know, you're a perfect example of that, right? You have to go through. And, but I love the way I, I would love to tell you, I'm a passionate golfer. Um, yeah. I love to golf, but I, I just don't get a chance to do it that much. But I got to imagine that having that writing about something you love so much that right. helped you get through that first book, right? That was, that was it just did. something that just made it easier. It did, but you would not believe my first draft. I mean, I still have my first draft. It was so bad. I mean, I, I remember taking it in to my family and they said, you know, is that it? <laughs> and I said, well, that's all I got right now. But they made it clear that, you know, that I had a lot of work to do <laughs> and I got a lot of help to do it. Uh, I, I did some research to find out who could help me, you know, in this process. And then they took what I had and made it better and, you know, developed you know, what it became, but uh, it certainly wasn't a masterpiece at the beginning, for sure. <laughs> Nothing ever is, right? That's the, the right. whole key is you get started, you know, and that's get something started. you cover in a lot of your books. You got to get out there and just yeah. get started. Yeah, I think that, uh, as you said, I think that everybody has a book in them, uh, but I think a lot of people go into it with the wrong uh, mission. I, I, my opinion is that the mission should be that you're writing a book for your legacy. It doesn't matter if you sell that many copies. What it does, it clarifies your thoughts. It clarifies where you want to go. It clarifies what's important to you so that you can pass it on. And if it takes off, that's great. If it doesn't, that's okay too, because you have accomplished what your mission was when you got started in writing the book that would clarify your thoughts and, and make everything more definitive for yourself. Yeah, very, very good. I like the way you put that. Um, I have a couple books and, and excuse me for, you know, I guess it's my podcast, right? So I can ask some of the questions that there's a couple books. I absolutely want to ask you some questions about. I want to focus also on the new book that you just put out. 
uh, quit yeah. drifting, lift the yeah. fog and get lucky, which I love the title. And I want to talk about your protagonists and some other things in that book. Um, but before I ask you about some of my personal favorites, other than the uh, the first one, is, is there a particular book that's a favorite of yours? Well, you know, like you said, I've had a lot and all of them, you know, before I was uh, I was proven differently, I thought they were all going to be the greatest things to slice bread. Right. And they, they didn't. So I think that really, if you if you talk to most authors, the, the books that are their favorites, number one is the ones that sell the most, you know, which I could agree to that. And the, and the second one's the most recent. So the one that sold the most is Monday Morning Leadership. And I've uh, been very, very blessed with that. There's an interesting backstory on that, too. Uh, and the one that's the most recent is the Lift, uh, lift the Fog. Uh, quit drifting, lift the fog, and get lucky. So those are those are my two. But then there's one sort of in the middle that I think is uh, is my really my favorite of all, and that is my life story. And uh, it's my autobiography called Grace Upon Grace, and it goes through the 19 different graces that I've had in my life that have led me to where I'm at. You know, not all things happen that the way that I wanted it to, just like they, they haven't for you, I'm sure as well. But it goes through all of the things that happen. And so um, it's, it's my story. So that's my favorite probably, but the most popular is Monday Morning Leadership and the newest one is Quit Drifting. So, so those would be my three that would be at the top of the list. Very good. And you know, everything doesn't always work out the way we hope. Right. But, you know, right. when you look back, everything kind of works out for a reason, you know, so there are things maybe at the time we were hoping for something different, but, um, you know, things do uh, do work out for a reason. One of the central yeah. themes I see going through your book is um, becoming the person you want to be. Mm -hmm. Okay, Is that is that is it just me or is that th shown through a lot of the books? It seems like you're really trying to teach and help people become their best person. Mm -hmm. um, is that how important is that to you? Uh, I, I'm I'm thankful that you picked that up almost in every every work that I've ever done. That's that's really my mission is to help people become better at what they chosen to do. Um, I think that we all hit a hit a place in time in our career, personally and professionally, to where you know, we look up and things aren't exactly the way that we thought they would be. And so we had to take a, a new look at it. And that's what this quick drifting book does. It takes a, a new look at it from a different perspective to figure out, you know, how we can get from this point, that, this place that we are to where we really want to be. And to do that, we have to make some changes. And that that is the uh, really the, the mission of all of the books that I've done is how do you get from where you are to where you want to be? And how do you, how do you uh, cover the gap that might be there right now? Because everybody looks up one day and they see this shocking gap between what they thought and what they've got, and, and they have to do something different. So I'm, I'm glad you picked up on that. Is it okay if I read a, a short excerpt? Sure, sure. And then, and then I'll quiz you to see out of all these books, if you remember what what prologue I'm, I'm, I'm reading. Okay. Right. Uh, but this, this to me really kind of uh, was a perfect way to start off. Um, things were not going well. For several years, I had been a relatively successful manager for a Fortune 500 company, 
but now I was in a slump. I was working harder than I ever had, but I was going nowhere. I barely saw my kids, my marriage was suffering, my health was not the best, I was struggling in every part of my life. And, and I'm sure you know that was the beginning of the prologue for Monday Morning Leadership. Right. And I had just recently started doing book clubs. Uh, I had a partner at the company I was with, and uh, we did the, the Challenger sale. Um, I'm not sure if you're if you're familiar with that. Yes. Uh, really good book. Really gets into the, right. the the different types of salespeople and and uh, importance in sales. And she said, you know, you got to read this book. She goes, I love it. So she sent me a copy of Monday Morning Leadership, and I went through it in you know a weekend. You know, it was a beautiful, nice, easy read. It was one of those you want to just keep reading. I right. called her up. I said, yeah, this is our next book club. You know, as we go through. Um, that character that you're talking about as you're going through the prologue, that's all of us, like you were just saying, right? We, we all have gone through this at some point in our careers, and your book walks you through several mentoring sessions. Right. Somebody right. that they respected really helped them go through that. Right. You know, that book, just to give you a little bit of a background on the book, it, it, it was literally a godsend. Uh, I had read the book, and you've probably read this, Tuesdays with Maury. Do you remember that book? Mm -hmm. I had read that on a plane flight from uh, Dallas, where I was living at the time, to Atlanta. And I thought, gosh, you know, we need something like this in the business arena to where, you know, you could have a mentor and you could have, uh, you know, the realities of what's going on. And so that really hit me, you know, that something like Tuesdays with Maury. Then I, the next week, and, and back then when I wrote that book, um, you might not familiar, remember that, um, that if you had a Saturday night stay, your airfare was like 50%. And so that's what I, that's the deal that I'd made with the guy that I was consulting with in this thing. So I, I was in Toronto by myself on a Saturday night and I started writing. I was at the keyboard, but I'm not kidding you. Tom, this is a little bit weird, I understand, but things were coming faster than I could type. And uh, it, I started with the, the six or eight, it wound up to be eight different scenarios that everybody has to work their way through, you know, whether it's, you know, accepting responsibility or it's hiring or whatever it is. And so I took all eight of those. I put characters to them. Most of the characters were family members of mine, their names anyway. And I put characters to them and I wrote, I couldn't go to sleep. I literally wrote all night, all day, the next day on Sunday. And then my consulting gig was on that next Monday. By the time I went back to Dallas uh, after that three-day trip, the book was like 90% done. I mean, done. That's, that's the manuscript was completed from my point of view and it was done. So then I go back and I think I've got God's gift to, to me and to everybody else. You know, this Monday morning leadership. I think I've got the greatest things that sliced bread. And I had been published many times, so it wasn't something new, but nobody wanted Monday morning. I got turned down by everybody. Everybody. Any particular reason? What was... Well... The, the, the things that I heard back, you never know what the real reasons are, but I, I, you know, I would hear back, you know, there's been too many of these uh, storybooks like this in the business arena, you know, we're beyond that now, you know, who moved my cheese and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. 
And I thought, gosh, you know, this is just so obvious to me. And so anyway, they all turned me down. So then I had to make a decision. Did I really have something or not? Was I willing to do something with it or not? And so um, back then, self-publishing was not a, a route that many people could go because it was so expensive. Amazon hadn't even started back then. And and it was just a difficult process, but I decided that I would do that. And I published it myself. It was the greatest decision that I ever had to make on my own. So I published it. And then all of a sudden within, within a 12 month period, we'd sold 200,000 of them. So then it was what well, everybody wanted it, you know? And so I, I couldn't let it go to everybody because that was now my business it was Monday morning, leadership and it has been for the last 20 years. And so Harper Collins made a deal with me to where they would uh, take Monday morning leadership, but they wanted a thicker book out of it. I like the thin books, they wanted a thicker book. So we added a couple of chapters, we fluffed up a few things that became Monday morning mentoring, but I got to keep Monday morning leadership. And so through all of those things that happened, this godsend that happened to me, literally happened to me, has been, uh, has made such an impact on my life and the life, I hope, of many people like you uh, in, in their roles that they've accepted. And it came literally out of nowhere. And that's the way Monday Morning Leadership started. Thankfully, you had the courage to to just do it, right? I mean, it's right. so many people faced with that would have said, ah, eh, you know, it was a great weekend. I had a lot of fun writing this, but yeah. you know what? Let's move on and do something else. But you had that courage. Yeah, well, thank you. Uh, it, it was incredible. The story is in Grace Upon Grace. That's one of the graces of, the, in fact, that particular grace was called mind-blowing grace, which it, it blows my mind what happened, you know, in that situation. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Uh, I, my personal favorite is keep the main thing the main thing. That mm -hmm. that was a chapter that really hit home with me because I've struggled with that, you know, over the years. And, and you know, so many of us, we, we have things going on. We know what we need to focus on, but, but something's always popping up and going through. Um, as you've used that through through your speaking and, and your, your um, consulting and coaching and things over the years, is there one other particular mentoring lesson that's that's the most in demand or that you see most people um, needing to go through? Well, that one, actually, if, if I had to rate from one to nine, um, that would probably be, you know, at least in the top two or three. Uh, but other people have been touched by other things. And that all of these things came from my experiences with you know, what was going on at that time, keeping the main thing, the main thing came from a boss that I had at FedEx, our CFO, our COO at, at FedEx at the time was a guy named Jim Barksdale. And he would also always say, you know, keep the main thing, the main thing. So that's sort of where that came from. But then I got into escaping from management land. And I, that came from a, just a casual conversation with Dan Amos, who was with uh, Aflac, who's a, a um, CEO of Aflac at the time, now his son is. Uh, but anyway, so that came from a casual, uh, it was just things that I picked up and they all had some bike to them, it seems. Uh, every one of the chapter titles, you know, if you're talking about doing the right thing, if you're talking about buckets and dippers, doing less and working faster, 
all of those had a bite to it that has been part of this, you know, more or less this gumbo that you put it all in and it all works out perfectly, you know, in that particular scenario. So I, I would think that your chapter might, you know, might be the number one chapter, but I wouldn't discount any of the rest of them either. And I appreciate you saying that to me. So that was good. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, but as you were talking there, you know, there was an excerpt uh, from your introduction in, in Quit Drifting in, in the yeah. new book. And, and I, I wrote it down because it really spoke to me. You said that success is boosted by listening, respecting, and adhering to guidance. Mm -hmm. And that those are three very important traits. And it, and it sounds like just in what you just explained, you're listening to these people that you're working with, you're respecting their viewpoints, and, and that's leaving an impression on you. I look around at a lot of people today, and I don't see those three traits mm -hmm. um, happening as much as they should. Is that, uh, was that something that was important to you in writing Quit, Quit Drifting? Is that is that an issue we're having? It, well, I, I think it is, uh, you know, because one of the chapters in Quit Drifting is talking about the truth, saluting the truth. and the issue that we have a lot of times is not understanding what it is, what the truth really is. And so how can you really be on board when you don't trust what you're hearing? You know, so yeah, it's, it's an issue that we all have and all the people that work for us have and the people that we sell to has as well is how do they, how do you develop this trust to where they will respect you enough to do something differently than they might have done uh, without your, your guidance. So yeah, that's pretty astute that you came up with that. Hey listeners, it's Kelly Bloomer here to tell you the show is brought to you by Bloomer Associates. If you visit our website found in your show notes, you'll find we offer sales training, talent assessment for hiring and team development, and individual coaching for sales pros and managers. We bring over 30 years in media sales and leadership experience. If you enjoy listening to OK Boomer, Teach Me Sales, ask how our team can work with your sales team for virtual meetings, roundtables, and motivational seminars. You can contact us through our website or call today, 919-267-9871. Now back to our show. Let's... We're talking about mentoring. Obviously, that's that's focused in the book and in, in a couple of the yeah. books. What makes a good mentor? Well, I think the number one thing is to have is to find someone who has the desire to be one. You know, you can't you can't tell somebody that they have to be a mentor. We did that at FedEx actually at one point in time. We said, okay, everybody has to have a mentor. This is yours. This is yours. This is yours. And but those things don't work out that well. That well, you have to the person that's going to mentor has to have the, a strong desire uh, to really make an influence on that person. Well, in addition to having that desire, they've got to have the experience that they can share, you know, with with the person. And then the third element of it uh, would be you've got to have the time to do it. So you put all those three elements together. And then you can, you can find that perfect match of where, you know, you can become the better of the person you want to be because someone is providing you the influence and the guidance to help you get there. Uh, but that's not an easy thing. Not everybody is a good mentor. Uh, in fact, I would say that most people never have a good one. 
in their life. A really good one. Now, that's the reason, quit drifting back there. That's the reason uh, for that book. It not only provides you an example of how to be a good mentor, but it also provides you an example of what a good mentor does. You know, so that you're looking for, and it, and it gives you the, the context to talk your way through it. You know, we've come out with uh, study guides for small groups and facilitator guides for small groups for, for that particular book that, you know, you just download it and it tells you exactly what to do. So you don't have to be a professional mentor to lead somebody through that book. Uh, but it always helps when you've got other people involved, other people that are on the same page as you are talking about the same things so that you can know that what you're facing is not unique to you, it's just you. And everybody else is facing something very, very similar to that. And you guys working together can come up with some better solutions than, than that book would have done for you probably. And I think that's a, it's a great point. And, you know, I think people who are mentors, it, it's a very fulfilling role for them as well, right? Yeah. So if they can do it, if they have the time, if they have the wisdom to share, for a lot of people, that's that's going to be a really good thing. They're, they're going to walk away probably just as fulfilled as the person that they're helping. Uh, more so. That, that's called circular learning because the more you give someone, the more you're, you also have to prepare for that gift. And so as you're preparing for it, you're learning yourself and then you're giving it, and then that person's giving you something back, which is the respect and the knowledge that they've accomplished something, and, and you feel like you've passed it on, which is, which is what, uh, you know, I would say most people really want to do. They want to pass on their wisdom, but it, it's a two-way street. The other person has to be willing to listen and to be willing to, to do things differently. And if you find that nice marriage there that you can do that, then you can both accomplish something uh, out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've worked with so many sales managers over the years and managers in other capacity. And I, th I think a lot of companies drop the ball when it comes to training and really developing people into strong managers, into leaders. And, you know, the one thing I went and I had been in leadership for a number of years when I first read Monday Morning Leadership, when I read Monday Morning Choices, I'm, I'm halfway through Quit Drifting. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I walk away re reading those, learning something new, excited about the, the next management opportunity that I have. Um, I think a lot of managers reading books like this, if they really care about managing and helping people, they're going to walk away with learning better how to do it themselves. So it's not even just for the person who needs some mentorship, but the person who wants to go and, and be a stronger manager or mentor. Right, right. All of those books, in fact, any book that you, you pick up, and there's millions of, of them to, uh, that you can choose to, to try, but all of those books that you mentioned, none of them have this great big revelation necessarily. They might have a nugget in it that can lead you to the next nugget that would lead you to the next place. Uh, so don't look at reading a book as to being something that's gonna be your new Bible because that's not what it's for. It's, it's to help stimulate your thoughts to where you can become the person, back to our original thought, the person that you want to be. Just stimulate those thoughts so, so you can get moving. Now, one thing both in Money Morning Leadership and in Quit Drifting, 
is I talk a lot about, uh, you know, be, becoming that person, but you have to do something. You have to, you have to read more than the average person. You have to listen more than the average person. You have to give more than the average person. You have to be, you know, above average in, in all of these elements so that you can become the very best that you, uh, that you want to be. You know, that brings me to so far my favorite chapter in Quit Drifting. Be great in the small things. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because, boy, that that chapter so far ha has really inspired me. It's it's so yeah. important. That's interesting because that's one of my favorite chapters, actually. And the reason it is, I'll, I'll tell you in just a minute. But in that chapter, I talk about uh, Disney. I talk about Chick-fil-A and I talk about Ritz which are all important stories. And they're really stories of people inside those organizations. But the most important person in that chapter to me is a guy that I talk about named Phil Sloan. Well, Phil is a member of this club that I belong to down here. And he, he is just an incredibly attentive person. And he, he he's, you know, he's very well, the, he's very well read. He, he knows a lot about what he does, but he pays attention. And that's the one element I think that was the common denominator among Ritz and among, uh, you know, Disney and uh, among everybody, yeah, all these other great organizations is what Phil does. He pays attention. Mm -hmm. And if you pay attention, then all of a sudden the person will believe like I do with him, that he cares about me. I want to deal with people that care about me. I want to deal with people who are important, who, who consider me to be important enough to, to spend time with me. And I want, to, I want to work with those types of people. And so that's the key to that whole chapter. That chapter is my, I think my favorite, because I feel, is to be attentive, you know, pay attention. I think what happens today is, is that our attention span is so short, so brief, mm -hmm. and we have so many different things coming to us from different directions that, that take us off of our attention and, and provide this disruptions that happen. And then all of a sudden, you know, at the end of the day, we haven't done anything that's going to help somebody uh, in what they're trying to accomplish. And you haven't really elevated yourself to that level. I, I don't think that um, being great in small things, I, I don't think that you have to be the greatest at everything, just be great at the little things that other people um, might have a difficult time making the time to, uh, to make you feel that way pay attention. That's the whole key. Yeah. No, I think that's so important. And, you know, I think in our society today, people, they want quick dividends. You know, they, they want to see a quick reward. If, if they do a small thing and they don't see the reward or something from it, they're not as, they don't do the small thing the next time and go through. Um, you know, I like also the, the housekeeper at Disney that, that put uh, Mickey Mouse in front. You know, she's doing that she knows that's going to help someone. She doesn't have to see that smile. You know, she doesn't have to see that result. And, and I think that's just caring. And, and the more people care and they say, you know what, I'm going to do these things, they may impact someone. If they don't, yeah. I know I tried. And, and yeah. I, I just wish there was more of that in society today. 
Yeah, and in, in that particular example, in that Disney girl uh, or Disney lady, um, what, one of the pushbacks that I got from one of the editors uh, was, you, you know, you you came back pretty hard on your your ment, uh, your mentee here because they saw it differently than the mentor. Well, that's the point that I was trying to make is that Disney was not the one that said to do that. Mm -hmm. This lady took it on her own to do that, to, to make that move and to do something a little bit above and beyond. She never saw, as you said, she never saw the result of it. But I'll guarantee you, when she went home that night, she was thinking about those kids sitting on that bed, you know, or, or walking in there with, with sitting a smile that she put on their face and she put one on her face at the time she was thinking about it guarantee you although i don't know that but i'll guarantee you that happened absolutely and 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 that's that the, those little things are, are are so important and you know that leads us to the protagonist in that book jack davis mm -hmm. um i got a sense that there's a little bit of jack davis in in all of us is, is that uh, and I think you had mentioned you, it came from hundreds of people that you've worked That's with right. over the years. Um, right. tell, me, tell us a little bit about the character in Quit Drifting. Yeah, Jack Davis, uh, it, it's the same type of character as, ton, as, as uh, Tony was. Uh, well, actually, Tony was a mentor back in Monday Morning Leadership. Jeff was the character back then where he was struggling and going through all these leadership issues. Well, Jack Davis is struggling going through these personal issues. Things are going on at home. Things are going on at work. Things are not quite as good as they uh, have been in the past. It's a place that all of us either have been or in or will be in. Every person, you know, that's just sort of life. And so what Jack Davis does through this, uh, through, the, through, the, um, through the book here, is he provides us to know that we're not unique with the problem that we have. Other people have had it before and other people have made it through it. And so that's what the book does. It sort of tries to, to take an issue that you either have had or in or will have and help you uh, figure out how to make it through it yourself, just like he did. I find when, when books are written this way with, with the characters, the way you illustrate them through there, they're just more enjoyable. Do, do you find as you talk to people that that's a great way for people to learn when they're, they're kind of going through a story is it is a little more inspirational. Do they put themselves in that role? You know, ironically, it, I get both sides of it. You know, some people say, you know, just tell me, don't, don't make up this story to make your points. And then I get other people saying, well, just like you just said, you know, I can relate to it. It's not threatening or anything. I think that the majority, though, would be on the side of uh, having a nice, fluid story that connects all the dots together versus someone telling them exactly what they should be doing. Uh, so that's the reason I, I choose that side in most of, my, uh, most of my work as opposed to the, the telling side. I, I don't like to be told what to do, but I like to to understand what other people have done and, and the impact that it made on them. So that's, that's the reason I go that direction. But some people do criticize that as far as, a, you know, an, edu uh, an educator might criticize it, you know, because you're, you're making up a story to go with your points. But that's, that's the way that I'm trying to teach people. 
Well, and, and it's, it brings us around to a lot of the central themes through, through a lot of the writing that you have that I've read. Everybody's a little bit different, right? So we all right. want to learn different. We all want to get something different out. You want to put it in a way that, that's going to appeal to as many people as possible so that they get that inspiration so they that's can right. be their, their best person. But right. uh, we're never going to deliver what everybody wants perfectly. Exactly. Exactly. That's my point. Yeah. yeah. Um, so before we run out of time, tell me a little bit about Cornerstone Leadership uh, Institute. What, what are you doing and, and uh, how are you helping people there? Okay, Cornerstone was founded in 1996, I think it was. And anyway, our mission back at that point in time was we were going to do uh, uh, one-day leadership seminars. That was our whole key. Uh, you've probably heard of Brian Tracy. Uh, Brian Tracy was a mentor of mine, a friend of mine back then, and, and I was going to be another Brian Tracy, but as I told you before, it didn't work out that way. He didn't tell me it, it would take me six years to, to get to where he was. Did, did you eat your frog? Was Yeah, that was before he ate my frog. That was before that, okay. That was before his, yeah. In fact, we, we, were, we were looking at doing a book together called, I wound up doing 175 Ways to Get More Done in Less Time, and he did the Eat the Frog deal. And so we had a lot of the same concepts in there, almost the same time those were published, mine a little bit before his. But anyway, a whole different story there. But uh, he didn't tell me it took six years to, to get to where he was. So I had to adjust, just like you're going to have to adjust and just like everybody else has to. And so going from that um, one-day seminar, then it went to more of a consulting business. And then it evolved after Monday morning because of what I told you. Then we became a publishing company for many other authors so that they could get the platform uh, that they needed to, you know, to put their work out there. So we became a publishing company. And now on the tail end of it, at least the tail end of my part of it, uh, we have Cornerstone Services and we have Cornerstone Learning. Cornerstone Learning, you know, goes into different companies to try to teach them uh, the concepts of what we have. And Cornerstone Services will do some of the basic same things. But I'm sort of on the tail end of it where my mission right now is, is to put in written word uh, the things that I want to leave behind. So that's that's the reason for this particular book here. And I don't know what the next one's going to be. It'll be interesting to see, you know, what direction I'm led, uh, but I'm waiting on that. Yeah. Personally, I'm hoping you have a layover somewhere because there's there's going to be a good book that's going to come out of that. <laughs> that's right. I <laughs> now, do do you are you still able to golf, or do you have enough time to get out there? Or are you? Yeah, I, I spent a lot of time on the golf course. That's where I got to get a lot of my fodder. Believe it or not, is talking to some of my buddies out there who are all successful people. They've all had the same issues that we've talked about today, Tom, um, and they've all made it through it. And so. You know, I get a lot of information and inspiration uh, from guys that I, I spend time with on the golf course. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't want to get you in any trouble, but where are the best courses? Are they near San Antonio or are they in Louisiana? Who has the best courses? Well, I belong to two really good courses. One of them here uh, where I'm at today is called Cordillera, and it's it's in the top five courses in the state of Texas. And it's really special. It's a great great spot. The, but the place that I have in Louisiana is great too. My, my story is too long for us to get into here why we split our time, but my wife and I um, 
we're, we're both widows and widowers. And we worked together over 35 years ago with FedEx. And then we got married eight years ago, merged her families as, as, you know, as best we can, but most of her, all of her family is in Louisiana, all of my family is in Texas. And so that's the reason we split. We go back and forth uh, upon demand. Basically, we have almost uh, 18 grandchildren. When, when we have two in the oven right now, when that, those come out, it'll be 18 grandchildren between us. So it's, it's pretty complicated. You better keep writing, David. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but congratulations. That, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, thank you so much. I've got two grandpuppies, so we're, we're still working at it. There you go. There you go. Now that that story is also in Grace Bomb Grace. It's it's a wonderful story. Uh, there's a lot of pain in the story, as I you know alluded to, but then there's a lot of you know wonderful events that have happened since that pain too. Yeah, yeah. it's it's what life is, right? What life is. Yeah. Um, I've got in my notes that'll be one of my next reads. So I'm I'm real. I didn't realize you had an autobiography out there. So yeah. I'm excited about that. Um, before I let you go. For um, where can people get quit drifting? How can they reach you if they they want to talk to you about uh, the Leadership Institute? Um, yeah. Help us quit out. Quit drifting is available anywhere that you get books, but um, my my website is www.cornerstoneleadership.com, and so everything is on there. You know, as far as getting in touch with me, as far as buying some of our books, if you want to buy them from us directly, uh, we do sell a lot that way. Uh, specifically on the larger quantities, um, you can get, you know, quit drifting there. You can get any one of our other, you know, 60 some odd books that we have to help people in the uh, leadership arena, as well as the personal development, as well as the customer service arena. So feel free to, to do that any way you want to. David, it's been a pleasure. I, I really thank you for spending the time with us. It's, it's been an honor. And I look forward to, uh, to reading some more books from you. Thank you very much, Tom. I really appreciate it. And I wish you the very, very best on your book. I know that it's going to do great. It's going to make a difference in somebody's life. And, and you can, uh, even though you might not know it, just like the person that, at Disney, you know, you might not know who, who it touched and when, just like I didn't know I touched you somewhere along the way. Uh, you can rest assured that that will happen. And I wish you the very best in that. Thank you. We, we keep doing those small things and, and somebody's going to be touched. So that's right. That's right. Exactly. Thank you. David, thank you. Have a great day and we'll talk soon. Hey, buddy. Thank you very much. So, Tom, is this where we tell everybody about your new book? I think it is, Kelly. Um, Teach Me Sales is a 21 day roadmap to sales success. So if you want to be success in sales, the road to success is always under construction. Map out the best route for the help of a proven sales leader with over 30 years of experience. Tom shares his insights into how to succeed in sales. His 21-day roadmap will help you build the daily habits to not only find your path, but to take the steps necessary to excel and prosper along it. Each chapter is designed to encourage you to commit to that extra degree of effort to invest in yourself and your future along this rewarding and personal journey. So Kelly, do you think we should share some of the advanced praise for Teach Me Sales? I think we should. Like Jeffrey Gittimore, author of The Little Red Book of Selling, he said, you don't get great at sales in a day. You get great at sales day by day. Teach Me Sales is the daily formula that puts you on the path to a lifetime of selling success. Buy it, read it, implement it.
And then David Cottrell, author of Monday Morning Leadership and Quit Drifting, Lift the Fog and Get Lucky. He said, Teach Me Sales is an engaging, entertaining, and enlightening book. Tom Bloomer shares his gift of storytelling, humor, habits, processes, and encouragement to guide you to become a complete, successful salesperson. Invest five minutes a day for 21 days and enjoy your sales and personal growth. You can do it. Thanks, Kel. We are so excited. I hope everyone that's interested enjoys the book. We have a link for the book in our show notes. We look to join you on your sales journey. So that's it. That's today's show. Okay, Boomer, teach me sales. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Be sure to subscribe and follow. We hope you make us a part of your week. And don't forget to share with your friends and coworkers. Should we mention the website? Sure. The website, okboomerteachmesales.com. And where can they engage with us? LinkedIn at Thomas J. Bloomer. We hope to see you there.